What is going on, everybody? This is Dr. Chris Featherstone here for yet another episode of Unscripted. Listen, it is Tuesday night. You know what that means. Have some of the biggest, the baddest, the best wrestlers of today and yesteryear and tonight is no different. Before we get into my friend Ken Anderson and bring on my pal, my buddy, the co-host, the draft pick of unscripted to talk a little bit of dark side of the ring with Malcolm T. Bill After, man, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm uh, glad to be here every week and want to thank all our uh, sports Kida uh, fans that are so excellent that uh, keep coming back to us uh, week after week. I'm having a little. Uh, um there we go now the red is off nice nice i don't know if there's something going on here there we go there we, there go. we go there yeah we go. Well, i'm glad to be here and you know i i did the uh post earlier uh today about that i would be one of the uh talking heads on the uh dark side of the ring mag magnum da yeah and it was I did, that i did i did see that 51 years man you uh put yourself over as far as how long you've been a journalist man and uh you are the man you are well, the man. I, and i never beat the man that's the whole thing uh yeah that's right and, and that's I never uh, did it only you can do that well uh, they, they 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 came here down to after's alley probably about six months ago and filmed me for this they taped a lot i was also supposed to be on the chris and tammy uh one but they ran out of uh they had so many people talking on that. But this one was especially uh, hard to watch because uh, I'm very dear friends with uh, with Magnum. I talk to him regularly. I see him at all the conventions and stuff. And just to think of what he could have been had that one night not happened. Yeah. It would have changed the whole trajectory of the National Wrestling Alliance. Yeah, he would have been a – he was uh, – when I watched it, uh, I wasn't I wasn't able to watch all of it yet. I watched about half of it, and uh, it was right when he was talking about uh, he was the, the NWA gave him uh, their blessing to yeah. become the next yeah. world heavyweight champion. So, yes, indeed. Speaking of world heavyweight champion, this guy has been the world heavyweight champion in TNA. Yeah, and he goes by the name of Mister. Anderson. Anderson. I know Anderson. that guy. How are you? It's great to see you guys. You too. But by the way, the, the, for some reason, at this point, you look like you could have um, uh, been involved in the uh, Magnum TA Koloff War. You look. You you look very. Uh, uh, like one of the old Russian characters <laughs> there. You really do. Had you ever considered that? No, I haven't. I haven't. <laughs> Something I can think about, though. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, I've interviewed you, I don't know, probably close to 10 times now. And I think this is the first time I've interviewed you with short hair. With short hair. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it was, uh, it was starting to go. And I just I couldn't fight it any any longer. So really, really? I, <laughs> looks good on you. Looks good on you. Looks, yeah, looks good, man. Looks good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Looks good. How you doing, Ken? I'm great. I'm fantastic. 
Uh, like I said, it's great to see both of you guys. I haven't well, seen either you. of you in quite a while. So last time I saw you was in a dressing room somewhere at a TNA show, and we did like a twenty-minute interview, and you kept doing your Mister Anderson, and then I tried it, and it just didn't work. I remember that. <laughs> I think uh, I think we talked about this before. Uh, to you, and I, I'll ask this question to you again for our new. Uh, um, for our new fans. And of course there's a bunch of questions ready for you on the side chat. So which rolls off the tongue to you better? Canada or Anderson? Uh, I would have to say, I would admit it's probably Kennedy for some reason. Mm -hmm. Um, But Anderson is my real name. So (laughs) it's actually, I started with Anderson when I was at OVW. I started because I was just Ken Anderson there. Mm -hmm. And then I changed it to Mr. Anderson and uh, Maria Canellis was the first person to ever, you know, I ever forcibly uh, made call me Mr. Anderson. So. Mm, very nice. so, but however, you were not part of the Andersons who weren't Andersons. No, which at the <laughs> time, that was kind of the reason that Vince gave me for changing my name. He was like, I don't want people associating you with them. I don't want them to think that there's some kind of nepotism involved. And you know how um, it's interesting how Vince has been very, you know, Randy Orton is a second generation and, uh, you know, he was okay with that, but there, Cody Rhodes, he's okay with that, but. um, Michael McGillicuddy. Yeah, exactly. You know, (laughs) Every so often, he or uh, Rick Steiner's son now. Yeah, exactly. Yep, that's another one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. What's Interesting. The, what's the, but that what's was the, the that was the reasoning given to me. Gotcha, gotcha. So you're well, not Arn's brother. Okay, I got you. <laughs> no nephew though. I, I Unfortunately, think, I, no. I think nephew, Ken. Yeah. I think Ken looks like a. Uh, he, he he looks more like an Anderson now. Actually. He does. You you yeah. really do. He, <laughs> he looks. He what, looks. What would you have done? as an Anderson brother, how would that have changed your career? Um, <laughs> you know, I tell you, I, I don't know, but I will say that whether or not I'm related to him, I was fortunate enough to be under his wing at WWE because he was one of the producers there. And yes. uh, from the time that I was just an extra going there and trying to get a job and trying to get looked at, I would just sit around the ring and Arn was one of those guys that was just happy to share his knowledge with anybody who would listen. It was pretty awesome. He would just sit in the ring before the shows for two, two and a half hours sometimes and just hold court and show people different things. And he was always working with Charlie and Shelton. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's awesome, man. Uh, before we get into these questions, man, you got you got a, a an academy, man, that you've been doing for a while, man. Let the listeners know. Yeah, um, I'm just uh, teaching people how to fall down in Minnesota here, and uh, I, I'm really enjoying this. Uh, this part of my career, and we have we've trained hundreds of people that have come through our doors. We've been open since the end of. 2016, we were closed for two years due to the pandemic, um, but we're back up full swing. We just started a new class yesterday with 15 new people. Um, we still have, I think we have 60 or 70 students who currently, uh, you know, we 
the same people that were in the very first class in 2016 uh, are are still training there today. Wow! They just they're continuously trying to get better. So that's kind awesome. of a cool thing. Yeah. Back, back in, go ahead. I'm sorry, Chris. No, Cam was talking. You're good. No, no. I, and I would just say, like, if anybody's interested in learning how to fall down, um, doing it safely, and learning how to tell a story, um, reach out to me. You can text me directly. It's 507-722-2776, 507-722-2776. And uh, you, you can text me directly. And even if you don't live in the Twin Cities area, I would like to help you. There, there's some really bad schools out there, and there's some really awesome schools out there. If you don't live in the Twin Cities area, I'd like to – and you're interested in sharing your, your talents with the world through this art form that we do. Um, give me a call or give me a text and uh, I'd like to help you find the right place. What happens when somebody like comes in to your school and says, man, I want to be just like Ray Mysterio. What do you tell them? Well, you know, I, I would say like first, first things I, I understand what you mean when you say that, but you should try to be the first you, you know, it's okay to, look up to Rey Mysterio and, you know, um, want to emulate some of the things that he does, but you don't want to be a carbon copy because that just doesn't seem to ever work. Um, but I will say that I try not to pre-qualify people. So when people come through our doors, like, like yesterday, you know, we had some extraordinarily gifted athletes who have been working hard their whole lives um, and have just started down this path. And then we've got some people who, for all intents and purposes, have two left feet. Yeah. And um, I'd like to give everybody a chance. And it's funny how sometimes the people who, if I did pre-qualify, when they came to the door and I said, that person is going to make it, they don't make it. And the person who has two left feet somehow figures it out. And we've had several students throughout the course of the last few years who have done just that, who came in, couldn't run the ropes, couldn't take bumps, and somehow just through hard work, it, it paid off and, uh, and they figured it out. Very nice. And you said, uh, say that number one more time. It's 507-722-2776. Okay, I'm glad that I put that seven seven two. So somebody's going to get it. And you can also, uh, you can visit the Academy SOPW. That's in School of Professional Wrestling, the Academy SOPW.com. And uh, you can also find information there. The number is also there. And we have a seminar coming up with Gabe Sapolsky on uh, Father's Day, June 18th. He's coming in. He's going he's gonna to give a, you know, a little bit of a lecture. And then he's going to have tryout matches for active professional wrestlers in our area. So, nice, nice. It's great you opportunity. Talk, you talk about somebody who's been, who is still young and has done it all in the professional wrestling game, behind the scenes, promoting and teaching, uh -huh. etc. There's no one better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 507 the academy, SOPW.com. All types of pub for Ken Anderson on the screen right now. Yeah. 
and uh, I'm all for it, man. This guy is, uh, man, I've, I've been interviewing this guy for many years now, and we've become friends. And this guy is a former TNA champion, former United States champion, all-around cool dude, and deserves to be pubbed as much as possible. Uh, so if you are in the Minnesota area or if you're like old school, you know, like like my guy over here, my, my good friend, Bill after and he he knows about the territories. It doesn't matter if you're local, if you're across the if you're across the state, if you're across the country, it doesn't matter. Drive over to Minnesota, get some good training from Ken Anderson. Yeah. So I remember back in the day, I mean, Bill, you would know more than either of us as far as if someone was wanting to become a wrestler. It doesn't matter. Get in the car and go. That's drive. it. Get, drive, drive it. It doesn't matter if it's 15 hours. Yeah, just absolutely. do it. Just go. Prove just you go. want to do it because back in the territory days you know it wasn't like uh well you can come to our uh uh um you can come 10 minutes or you know and right. we'll teach you how to act and it that go old school because old school is the perfect training for what's this become sports entertainment absolutely you know it's interesting you say that because when i first decided i wanted to get into the business i remember thinking i, I lived just south of green bay in wisconsin and I remember thinking there's no way there's going to be a pro wrestling school anywhere around here. So I thought it's going to have to be a major city like Chicago or Los Angeles or New York. And I said, so I remember thinking to myself, because I worked every other weekend. And I remember thinking I could on my weekends off, I could drive to Chicago. I'll sleep in my car if I have to. Yeah. I'll go to wrestling school. And I, I reached out to a school that was in Chicago or Chicagoland area. And um, and it just so happened that somebody was opening up a wrestling school just 30 minutes away from me. So, Can you remember, though, neither of you I don't think can remember, but back in the uh, uh, 60s when I started watching wrestling, there oh, yeah, were no wrestling schools. 60s. Yeah. yeah, but there were no wrestling schools. If, if you got in, you know, the guys would stretch you, you know, like Hiro Matsudo would down in, uh, in Florida, and yeah. That was your test to see if you were, then they would teach you everything else, but there were no wrestling schools back then. So what you're doing now is such a benefit to this generation yeah. because the other generations really didn't have a lot of that. Yeah. yeah. Greg Gagne, who trained at the Academy for a bit, um, he, he used to talk about, you know, Vern school in Minnesota here mm -hmm. and they would just, beat the tar out of guys, you know, yeah. they would just, they would bump them and bump them and bump them and bump them and make them hit the ropes and their, their lats would be all bruised up and, and he really beat them up. And the ones that yeah. stuck, you listen to Ric Flair talks about it, mm -hmm. um, you know, and he, yeah, he almost quit. <laughs> Ric Flair almost quit. Yeah. He was, he was, uh, just about to hang it up, man. This is Billy. why, you know, the wrestlers used to be so mad when they'd say, when fans would say, hey, this is all fake. Look what these guys went through really to yeah. get to where they are. They were stretched. They were, you know, it was a shoot at yep. that point up until the end. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Billy Gunn said the same thing. He said, and, and he just like, he was one of those guys that was like, feed me more, you know, like, yeah. You couldn't break him. Yeah. It's like, it's hell week in uh, the Navy SEAL training. Hmm. Right, you know, they, right, right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Good comparison. 
and stuff like that earns the respect, you know, of, of recruit of promoters and, and, um, and, and coaches and trainers and things like that too. Because if you're able to say, give me more, you know what I mean? And I'm bruised up and battered up and I still want more. That just goes to show your love for the business and how, and what you're willing to do to, to get that spot, to get that entry level spot. You know what I mean? Cause you know that even if going through, even going through training and going through the bumps, the bruises and the welts and all that, that's not going to get you a main event spot automatically. That's just going to get you in the door. So if you have that type of appreciation, just getting in the door, that shows a lot. And that, and that goes a, a long way, even, yeah. even for people, even for trainees now, you know, even with that type of mentality now, like, you don't, you're not getting these bumps to say, okay, I'm going to be the next Roman Reigns. You're getting these bumps to get in the door. So if you are still willing yeah. to go through that, that shows your appreciation for the business. Who beat you up? Nobody. I was fortunate enough to not have um, that type of training. My trainers were so so relaxed and chill. Um, however, there were several guys that I broke in around the same time with who said that they did go through that kind of harsh treatment. And uh, mm. uh, but nothing nothing crazy like like what Craig was talking about, or what Ric Flair was talking about, or what Billy was talking about. It was just. I don't know, you know, and, it, and today is a different time. We don't do stuff like that anymore. We can't do stuff like that anymore. Um, and to some degree, I try, I actually try to, know, knowing what we do about the human body and concussions yeah. and the long-term effects that those, those have on people, I try to minimize exposure to risk as much as possible. So I, I, we have crash pads and things like that for people to learn on so they can fall properly until they, you know, then they take their first bump and they're not smacking their head right away because yeah. they're used to the movement and stuff. It's just a different time. And, uh, and I'm okay with that. Like, I think it's, I think it's cool, but there, there also is something, you know, like I, I would never put my children through what I had to go through as a kid, but it, as bad as it was, as much as I hated it at the time, it made me who I am today. Take it or leave it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Just be sure to, uh, in, in honor of Vern Ganya, to uh, give your students a thousand Hindu squats a day. Yeah, <laughs> that would all that would all be today. You know, if there was internet back in those days, all these shooters would have been arrested. That's you true. Can't hurt people like that. That's true. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be canceled. You'd be yeah. <laughs> right. Cancelled. You'd be canceled. Um, you know, I do squats. I make my students do squats every day to, to warm up, at least on the on beginner night. Mm -hmm. And we'll go up to about four hundred, never a thousand. Yeah. Um, but there have been a few times where we started out day one a new cycle of students, a couple different times now where I've had somebody do. We did a hundred squats, which is nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, and they have. Like, there's this thing called rhabdomyolysis, I believe, that, that your, your muscle tissue breaks down and filters through your kidneys. So when you pee, it comes out looking like root beer because it's actually you're your peeing blood in a sense. Wow, and I've crazy. had a couple students that actually had to go through that. So I've even backed off doing squats like that and just ramping people up and starting them slowly and working their way into it, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I know I've heard horror stories, horror stories about um, people going through Japanese wrestling school. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
and it's a thousand a day and mm -hmm. it's you know yeah nuts bumps, yeah. On, bumps yeah. on the ground so none well, of that sometimes they just throw you in the ring because like medusa always says you know she learned the japanese style by just getting in there with those women yeah that's awesome yeah <laughs> like you said ken it's those days were uh they paved the way there's a lot of there's a lot of things in the back in the day that people did to pave the way to make today easier you know what i mean and so uh you know major appreciation and major kudos to the people who paved the way when things weren't as you know accessible and able to be a little softer than it was in order for you know um you know concussions to be lessened and overall stress to be lessened and things like that so yeah, yeah. you know people who paved the way before you know major kudos to them so absolutely good stuff all right man let's get into these questions man let's spend about five or six minutes man let's do a lightning round of these questions here let's start Sounds over with elvis good. what is your dream match you would want if they called you back to wwe i would i would to see you i would i guess i would love to see you versus aj styles or seth and this isn't yeah. saying that you're going to come back to WWE or you want to come back to WWE. This is a hypothetical <laughs> question, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, well, my absolute dream opponent of all time, hands down, would be Steve Austin. Oh, yeah. I was so happy when uh, Kevin Owens got to got to do that. You know, was it last WrestleMania or the, the, two years ago? Right? Yeah. It was last. Like, Last year, last two WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, what an awesome thing. Um, that would be my dream opponent. Um, I definitely would love to wrestle Seth. I've actually wrestled AJ a lot when I was in Impact Wrestling. Right, right. When I was with TNA. Um, I still I still say for my money, AJ Styles is the best wrestler in the world. Mm. It's, it's really, you know, it, it's just he's so versatile. He can wrestle. He can work with anybody. Um, but he's I an old school guy who was able to make the transition so perfectly to the sports entertainment end of this. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, Rizu is asking, uh, do you think Randy Orton will ever return to pro wrestling? Man, I, I hope so. I, I think he's up there in the top five as well of, of active. Well, I know he's inactive currently, but yeah, I, I would hope so. And I'm not quite sure what was the what was the diagnosis with him? What was it a shoulder or neck or something? Or uh, neck or back? back. It neck. It was neck and back. Yeah. Issues. You know, there. never say never. Edge wasn't supposed to ever come back. And I think he said he was mountain biking or something like that and fell off his bike. And he realized that he didn't have this problem that everybody told him that he would have. Yeah. And that was what caused him to be able to come back or realize that he could come back. Um, uh, Brian Danielson, he was oh, able yes. to come back, you know. Page. So never say never. Yeah, yeah. Sor Soraya, uh, she she yeah. to come back. So we yep. talked to Randy's dad uh, uh, here on Sports Kita a few weeks ago, and he said uh, uh, the doctors have told Randy not to do it, but if Randy wants he doesn't need the money or anything. But once you're in the in this you always want to come back yeah it's it's the best drug in the world it really yeah, is it is, you know? it is. Mm. 
Um, do you have any Vince Russo stories, bro, from your time in TNA, bro? <laughs> I loved working with Vince. Um, I know he, you know, people love him or hate him. He was always super cool with me, always gave me, um, you know, he would come up with, he would hand me a script and he would say, bro, just, you know, this is where we want you to go, bro, but just do it in your own words, bro. So I really appreciated that. Mm -hmm. It was like, uh, there were no handcuffs at all. And um, the, the one thing that I remember that I remember that was crazy to me was he one time had me, we were doing a, I think it was ODB and um, uh, EY were getting married or something like that. Right. And we had to be in tuxedos and he had me in a camouflage tuxedo for some reason. It was the worst looking thing ever. <laughs> wow. That's really, that's really cool, man. Yeah. Vince Russo was a very polarizing figure, man. But, uh, although, you know, I don't agree with a lot of things that, you know, with some of the things that he did throughout. Yeah, well, you co-host a show with him. So. I have three shows a week with Vince Russo yeah, and yeah. Vince Russo has become a very dear friend of mine. So yeah, <laughs> who, uh, who, who came up with bro first, Vince Russo or DDP? Who came up with bro first? Yeah. Was it DDP or Vince Russo? Yeah, well, I think it was Hulk Hogan came up with brother, and then that's right. Vince probably Vince or DDP. It's probably a tie. Shortened <laughs> it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, indeed. I, I think that uh, I think that DDP, uh, as far as the bro is concerned, DDP's older than Vince, so uh, DDP gets the uh, the bro uh, trophy. So the the yeah. brophy. The brophy. The brophy. Oh, like there that. you go. I like that. I like what that. you did there. Let's do that on Shark Tank. That'd be yes. great. Yes, the brophy. I like it. <laughs> uh, how instrumental was Paul Heyman to your early career? Thoughts on uh, so here, <laughs> people just like to ask a lot of questions to get it in. Okay, let's start with this. How instrumental was Paul Heyman to your career? early career very much so i wouldn't be talking to you guys today if it wasn't for paul i truly i truly believe that paul when he came into obw i was just sort of floating i'm you know i was just a guy there a utility guy trying to find my way and he came in and said i'm gonna do so much stuff with you i like you i'm gonna do so much stuff with you that you're gonna be on tv in no time and he stayed true to his word. He he just he worked with me week after week after week, and five weeks later I was debuting on SmackDown. So or I was debuting on Velocity, and then I believe two or three weeks after that I debuted on SmackDown. And um, but and then I, I continued to work with him even when I got to TNA. I I remained friends with with Paul, and from time to time, like Vince would hand me a script, and I would look at it and I would say like. This doesn't sound like I, – I couldn't wrap my head around it and make it mine. It just yeah. didn't seem natural to me, and I would oftentimes call Paul just about every week and say, here's what they've given me. Here's what I think. Do you have any thoughts? And he would, you know, he would say, just stand by. I'll, I'll fire you off an email in 10 minutes. And, like, five minutes later, I would have an email, and it would be a, just some awesome additions yeah. So Paul's very in, in a way Paul was writing for Impact Wrestling at one point. Hmm. I didn't even know it. 
so what do you think of the current incarnation of uh, Paul Heyman with this whole situation with the bloodline? I think he's just, he's so good at selling. Isn't he? You know, selling the, the situation, selling the match, the attraction. Um, he's, he's very good at, at putting people over and he does it. And he's not like super, super giving. You have to earn your way in. Um, I just recently saw him put Cody Rhodes over. Oh, Somebody asked him, is Cody the next guy? And, and obviously he can't say that because of the current situation he's in creatively. But he did, he did it. He said it in a way that just I, – I, do, you know what I'm referring to? Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, where, you he know – He said it without saying it. He did. Yeah. He really did. Yeah. I think he's fantastic. Nice. I think he's – Probably one of the smartest minds in the business ever. Yeah. And he, his mind is just constantly – he would take guys – when I was at OVW, I remember there were guys that everybody would – you know, like that guy's got a great body. He's got a great physique, but he's missing something. What is it? And he was somehow able to, like, pull the tiniest little positives out of somebody and then hide their negatives – and just get you to focus on the positives. Mm -hmm. um, he was just, it was just a, a revolving door when I was at OVW, when Paul got there. It was just yeah. week Chris, after he week. Acknowledges, he acknowledges Paul Heyman. He acknowledges who, who does? Yeah. yeah, and you do. You you acknowledge Paul Heyman. You're a Paul Heyman guy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> got the T-shirt. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, so for the second time, we're going to land a plane. However, Anyone who has a super chat gets precedence as far as the questions. So we got Roman with 1999. <laughs> Triple H compared Roman's dominance to Ali and Michael Jordan. Jeff Jarrett said that HBK was the Jordan of pro wrestling. Someone said that financially Stone Cold is the Jordan of wrestling. Who do you guys say is the MJ of wrestling? MJF. <laughs> Sorry, had to do that. That was that was a layup. Okay, <laughs> come on, come on. The one liners galore. That, that was up there with the Brophy. Yes, the uh, Brophy. yes, yes. It's got to be Hogan. Yeah, I. But I think financially, Austin probably drew more money, right? Like, but I, but yeah, I think he drew more money because of merch sales, you know, television deals and stuff like that. That the opportunity to draw money, I think, were, was higher. But as However, far as just paving the paving the way, it was yeah. definitely Hogan. Yeah. And to Bill's point, you can go anywhere in the world, and you can be around people that don't know the first thing about pro wrestling. They know who Hulk Hogan is. Yeah. It's like everybody in the world knows who Hulk Hogan is. Yeah. yeah. But not everybody knows who Stone Cold is. That's and that's a shame. The bottom line, yeah. son. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Yeah. I don't think uh I think Austin was was an amazing WWE guy. I don't think he crossed over as well as Hogan did as far as just the television concern. Yeah, he has television shows and things like that. Yeah, Hogan was the crossover star just yeah. across, you know, just just throughout just different genres of, of television. So I'll give it to um, uh, to Hogan with that. As far as just uh, same thing with MJ, you know, I mean, the whole like Mike thing, you know, what I mean, like he had a whole commercial before them Gatorade and, you know, he had a 
Jordans and things like that. I collect Jordans in my office. Got a, a big old stack of boxes full of Jordans. Stuff like that is is transcending pro wrestling. And I think the Stone Cold was one of the biggest pro wrestlers of, of all time, um, as far as WWE is concerned within the business. I think outside of the business. I would give that to Hogan as far as the MJF. Yeah, I mean, Stone Cold was an undeniable character that no yeah. one has ever been successfully able to so, sort of repeat yeah. there. Mm-hmm. But they were two different, you know, Hogan was the iconic uh, celebrity. Yeah. Stone Cold wasn't the, on the celebrity level outside of the business like Hogan was. Indeed. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I think, um, you know, that Austin wasn't able to find his legs when he got into the Hollywood aspect of things, like you, like you said. However, I really, really think that he has found his niche in the like interviewing, like yeah, podcast. He, yeah. His his uh, his sort of reality shows are fantastic. I think he's just a uh, very personable. He can talk to anybody about anything. Yeah. Yeah. The Stone Cold sessions, yo, they're fabulous. I really like them. Yeah, yeah. And that he's got a new show now, Stone Cold Takes on America it's or something America. like that. It's great, yeah. love it. Fantastic, mm-hmm. I love yeah. it. Interviewing is his thing, and like uh, I remember watching his, uh, listening to his podcast years ago. He was uh, he kind of had like a Chris Farley show type of mentality. Like he would stutter a lot, and just like he was like, oh, I'm not the best speaker. He'd always beat himself. He would beat himself up a lot when he yeah. when he's interviewing. But you can tell throughout the years he's grown more confidence in his skill as uh, being an interviewer is really, really, really good. So, you know, he, he, he doesn't have the uh, Chris Farley. You remember when uh, that I was awesome. That was <laughs> one of my favorite characters ever. <laughs> yeah. And the, the thing about him is that he he truly cares. You can I remember talking to him, meeting him, be like, he's my idol in the in the business. Right. And like meeting him and he was so interested in me he would like how did you get in the business where are you from what yeah. you know and, and he's like that with everybody and he takes it seems like he takes a genuine interest whenever he's talking to somebody yeah yeah, yeah he he's he's do, do me a favor a real quick favor here is uh tonight stone cold you're going against uh uh um uh, mr mcmahon me again uh what are you going to do to him me? Yeah, I'm waiting for your Stone Cold imitation. I'm going to kick the hell out of him. <laughs> I'm going to stop a mud hole in his ass and walk it dry. Walk it dry. That's pretty damn good. <laughs> yes, yeah. indeed. All right, last question before we go. Young Reckless 199. All right, lastly, Kennedy, who do you think should dethrone Roman Reigns? I really was hoping for Zami Zane. Yeah. Yeah. It just was, felt so, so good. It did. It was. It was like a model, man. <clears throat> I yeah. love Sammy, but I don't know if he looks like the world champion, like the, like the universal. Yeah, champion. I, I said that he should have kept looks. it from the pay per view on Saturday to the following SmackDown, even if yeah. it was for six days. I agree. I would have been totally fine with that. Yeah. Well, they could have feuded he and and uh, uh, KO at that point, where KO would want the. First shot. Yeah, indeed. I heard a theory the other day that uh, that the current Cody storyline is kind of mimicking the hard times road. Yes. yes. Did you guys? You guys heard of that? 
Yeah, what do you think about I, that? Kim? I think it sounds interesting. Like uh, that would make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I brought that up here a hundred times on several. I just, I, I just can't relate to it, man. Cody's a, a shirt and tie, suited and booted type of type of deal, man. Just, just really, um, you know, I, I'm a, <laughs> I, I'm a SES or two above you. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't really connect with son of a plumber wearing a cowboy booth and cowboy hat, baby my hand to your hand. You know what I mean? Like, it just, it doesn't connect. But it's got to go through hard times, baby, to get to where he wants it, if you yes, will. Yes, that's right. I, you know, like, give him a watch, kick him in the butt, and say, computer, it, take your place, daddy. That's, that's all. It, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so. By the way, one of the great lines of all time, uh, the other night on SmackDown, where Cody was in the ring with uh, Dominic Mysterio, and Dominic Mysterio told Cody he should be home. He's a deadbeat father. And uh, Cody's great line, he says, you know, your father, Rey Mysterio, only made one mistake. He had a son. Oh, one yeah, of the best that was lines. A good line. That was a good line, yeah. Speaking of line, uh, give us a few more lines of the Academy, man, before we go. Yeah. Yeah, again, uh, if you're interested in the art of professional wrestling, please reach out to me. Uh, again, the number... Is 507-722-2776. Thank you for putting it up there. Um, you can reach us also. Um, visit www.theacademysopw.com for more information. It has the number there. You can sign up for the Gabe Sapolsky seminar. Um, we'll have other seminars coming up in the in the near future. We've got uh, Boogeyman is going to be at the Academy okay. for a seminar in, uh, in November, I believe. We haven't announced that publicly. This is actually the first place where I've, I've uh, announced this. Awesome. But, um, yeah, and, and please just, like I said, if you're interested, do it the right way. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you get trained. There's some great schools out there. Booker T has an awesome school. Um, Devon Dudley's got an awesome school. Oh, there's, yes. there's, there's guys out there. Yeah. Yeah. Others are slipping my mind at the moment, but Johnny Rods. Got to give Johnny Rods the yeah. unpredictable wrestling yeah. school, the Wild yeah. Samoan school. Yeah, but you know what? Get off you if you want to do this. You can't do it by saying, "I wish I could go to wrestling school." Get off your butt. Get in the car. Take a train. Take a bus. Take a plane. Yep. And do yep. it. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what. Even if you're trained, if you're already trained, there's nothing wrong with. Getting further, furthering your your wrestling training and going to another wrestling school, like you know, I tell people all the time, like if you've graduated from the academy, go go down to Iowa and go to Seth Rollins School. Oh, go yeah. down and and fly your ass to Houston, especially if you don't have a family. I'm sorry, I apologize. If uh, if you don't have a family, you don't have anything tying you to one particular area. Go to Houston. Yeah, enroll in. Booker T school. It's like, oh, yes. get out there and learn from as many pe people as you possibly can. All right. Yeah, listen, yeah. I'm sold. I'm going to Minneapolis. Yeah. I'll see you oh, guys before before you go there, before you go there, go, go to Minneapolis. And after you're done graduating from Ken Anderson school, we no, must not forget that Dr. Tom Pritchard and uh, Glenn Jacobs have a school. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I'll see you in 18 hours. Uh, yeah. I'll be, wow. I'll be coming from Ohio. So I'll see you in a minute again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming to Ohio this weekend actually. I've got two shows really? in Ohio. 
Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Open the garage. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a good night. So long. <laughs> Thank you.